The following audio is a sermon preached by one of our pastors at Restoration Church in St. Mary's, Georgia. We pray that the Holy Spirit would minister to you deeply with this message. You know, it was uh, a treasure yesterday. Uh, Cindy did a, uh, a, for a friend, a wedding cake, and we had to deliver it. I'm like, you know, I hate delivering cakes. I hate it because they're, you know, there's nothing fun about delivering this three-tier cake all the way to Orange Park, Florida. And you're just like, there's, there's, there's bumps in the road. Does everybody know there's bumps in the road and every time you go over a bridge, they don't build them right? And so the, the transition going and I'm like, bump, bump, you know, and I see her, she's in the rear view mirror going, and I'm like, ain't nothing I can do about it. But we were in harmony the whole way there. She kept her mouth quiet and I kept mine quiet. And we just, we just looked at each other. And so I told her, I said, it might be good if you just sit back there on that corner. And Luke goes, that's not a good idea. She's got better access at you from that corner. You might want to have her right behind you. I was like, you know, he's a pretty smart kid. And uh, so we get down. Everything's great. I get the cake in. I do. I get it in there. I get it on the table. And I, I set it down. And I, I got this. I got this. And I put it there. And she's, she's right in there. She's just like... Um, I got this, and I go to slip my hand out like this, and she thought she saw movement. She did. She thought she saw movement, and my hand was ready to go out this way, and she goes, and it goes in, and it right in the cake. Man, that was some good buttercream. And I'm just sitting there going, I told you not to mess with me. I had it the whole way, and she goes, and I'm like, all right, walk away. Walk away. If I was in marriage counseling, the marriage counselor would say, walk away. Just suck it up and walk away. I looked at her and I said, is it going to be okay? Is it going to be okay? She goes, I'll get it. It'll be just fine. I was like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And we were like a harmonically balanced something or other. But it was incredible because she gets out this, she's got this technique and she fills it in. She goes, look at there. It's just all better, isn't it? I was like, that's what I'm talking about. We had a little, little problem, and we just harmonically worked it out. It was so awesome, and I was just so encouraged. And so I decided afterwards to take her straight to McDonald's for a Big Mac because she deserved it. It was awesome. And so we're riding home, and she looks at me, and she goes, Man, am I so glad that I don't live in, in this Orange Park area. The, the, the traffic was just horrific, and all this distraction... And um, I'm driving, and that's already horrific for her. And um, I, we pull out from, we stopped to get a bite to eat. It wasn't McDonald's. It was like Whataburger. But we pull out, and there's this car coming, and she goes, don't go, don't go, don't go. And I go, I got this. And I peg it, and I'm just like, fishtail out. And the guy's looking at me like, he used, he used this hand motion that I saw it somewhere once before. And... Um, I looked at her and I said, now, there was no call for that. And she goes, yes, there was. She goes, you pulled right out in front of that guy. And I go, hey, 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 hey. Are we headed to Sam's Club untouched? We're good. Everything's cool. She goes, as soon as we get there, show me where the bathroom's at. And I said, okay, we will. Harmony. We were experiencing some incredible harmony yesterday. And then just after a, a great day, just I like to sit down and just reflect on what God's doing. And here lately, I've been reflecting on what God is doing. And last week in our message, I was reflecting on this thing called the race. And uh, this race that God calls us to is not just about 
um, reaching for that mark and enduring together, but it's really about receiving God's discipline in our lives. It's really about receiving his direction. It's really about receiving everything that he has for us because, folks, it isn't it isn't that we serve a God that doesn't want you to have any joy in life, that he doesn't want you to have any fun in life, that he doesn't want you to have good quality life in the things that you think, say, and do. It's just that he has a way of working. He has a way that's known only to him. He has a way that's only going to work by his design and by his plan. And so I have this set of plans right here. Wasn't that a great segue? Huh? Right there, I got a set of plans on. Good thing I didn't lay these down. This is a set of plans that we will go look at a building tomorrow at about 11:30 in the morning as to our future. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kid around with you. I need, I need everybody to understand that we will never put our church in debt. Make sure you get that very clear this morning. We will never put Restoration Church in debt. We won't play a game with another way of doing debt. We won't play games with, well, I know it looks like debt, but it's really not. We're not going to do debt. Why? Because we serve a God. We serve a God that will move us when he's ready. We serve a God that will move us because, listen, this isn't about anybody in this room. And it's not about the preacher. And I'm not trying to say, yeah, you remember that year that I moved us into that new building and I did this and I did that? If we're at that place, here's what we need to do right now. We need to get up and we need to walk out and get in your cars and go worship someplace else. Honestly, because it's not about us. You see, it's about everybody in this room that has come through the doors that has become connected to the Lord Jesus Christ through his blood. And now it's about somebody else who's outside these walls that needs to come and be part of what God wants to do. And whether it's here or whether it's in another Bible-believing evangelistic church, our goal is to get them connected to that place. And so I want you to be praying. And I want you to be seriously tonight with your families. I'm asking you to do something special. I'm asking you to set aside five minutes somewhere and sit in your living room or somewhere. Join hands and just pray. and Say, God, the pastor set a set of plans up in front of us this morning. You do with it what you want, God. Whatever you want, God. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to be faithful in everything. Prayer. The word with your tithe, with your time, with your talent. Don't miss God because God's about to do something in our midst that only he will be able to say, I did. And only we will be able to say, look at what God did. But in the interim, we're going to keep being faithful. We're going to keep on moving forward. I really don't know for sure how many of us are here But I do know that we've broken over the 100 mark on a regular basis, and I thank God for that. But here's what I'd be equally okay with. I'd be okay if we had broken the 50 mark and we stayed there for a while. I'd be okay with the 60 mark. I'd be okay with the 70 mark. You see, God wants who God wants to be part of what he's doing. And so I invite you to be part of what God is doing and to get on board with God. You get before God. God's going to show you what he wants you to do next. He's going to show you where your weaknesses are. He's going to show you what it is that you're not doing that doesn't line up with him. He's going to show you that. Now, um, people's lives are changed because of the foolishness of preaching. And a lot of people will say, you know, well, pastor, you know, you say certain things and you add certain stories. Well, let me tell you something. That's who Paul was. That's what Paul did. Paul gave us all kinds of examples. Paul gave us all kinds of ideologies. And he even said at one time something that sounded absolutely very arrogant to say. And I'm not at that place where I want to say this yet because 
I'm not in that place where Paul found himself, and I'm, try, I'm striving to get there in Christ. I want to be there. I really do. I want, I want to be there so that way I can be the example in everybody in my life, every day and 24-7, I don't blow it. But here's what Paul said. Paul said, he told the young apostles around him and said, do what I'm doing. Follow my every footstep. Follow my every word because I've seen how it ends. I've seen how it is. You see, when Paul's life was changed on that road to Damascus, when that blinding light came into his eye, he was changed forever. But he saw everything. In his blindness, God showed him a picture. God took him to a place that we're not really sure how all that occurred, but we know God's word said that it happened. He took him to a place and he showed him what it all means. And then Paul penned it down for us under the authority of the Holy Spirit, and he gave it to us in this book, and it's there for us to read, and it's there for us to understand. And if you're there right now and you have your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to finish out this chapter today because it's so important. Now, as you're turning there, it'll be up on the screen, but I, I, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to re realize something today. This is a very difficult place to preach. This is a very difficult passage to preach because it's very cut and dry. There's absolutely no variance in it. There's no way to misinterpret anything that comes in here. There's no way to add to, take away, and make it what we kind of want it to be. You know, we, we tend to do that, don't we, in our lives? We, we kind of we water things down a little bit. We, we kind of find acceptance in, in some of the things that we do in life because they make us feel a little bit better. They make us feel a little bit like we can go just a little bit further. Or if maybe if I go get someone else's opinion that kind of lines up with me, then I'll be able to justify my means and where I'm at and what I'm doing in life. And that's not the Word of God at all. God's Word is so, it's just so compact and it's so straight from God that it's got to be God and it's led by the Holy Spirit and it was consecrated by the Lord Jesus Christ and we've got to follow it to a T. Otherwise, we're not on God's plan. We're not doing what God's doing. And here's what's cool about it, and it's really good for us, is that God's not doing what we're doing. We've got to get on board with what he's doing. And that's where I want to lead us as a church. That's where he's led me to, to take us, to get on board with what God is doing so God will open up the doors, so God will open up lives, so that God will change lives through the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and that's where we want to go as a church. And do I get excited about that? I sure do. I get really excited about it because I see your faces this morning. I look at you and let me just say thank you. Thank you for coming and being a part of Restoration Church, for listening to God to say, that's where I want you to be today. That's where I want you to be. And thank you for your tithe, for your obedience. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for listening to every word that comes off of this pulpit, that comes out of God's word. Thank you for getting around us and praying together with us on Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights isn't about a meal. It's about getting you to a place where you can have a meal and come in fellowship and where you can grow with us and where we can gather together and hear God's word and we can get his guidance and his instruction. And we will all come to a consensus that this is what God is saying. And I absolutely believe there's no other way. There's absolutely no other way but by doing what he's called us to do. And so we call it church this morning. And in Hebrews chapter 12, he's telling us after he says, uh, here's how the race is to be run and here's how I want it, I want it to be, here's how I want it to be followed in verse 14. This is a call to listen to God. A call to listen to God. So if you have your Bible, follow along with me. I am in the NLT this morning, but it'll be up on the screen for your convenience. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. 
Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. You have not come to a physical mountain, a place of flaming fire, darkness, gloom, and whirlwind as the Israelites did at Mount Sinai, for they heard an awesome trumpet blast and voice so terrible that they begged God to stop speaking. They staggered back under God's command. Even if an animal touches the mountain, it might be stoned to death. Moses himself was so afraid at that sight that he said, I am terrified and I am trembling. No, you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and the countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You've come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself, who's the judge over all things. You've come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven, who have now been made perfect. You've come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Be careful. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means, verse 27, that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Pray with me. Father, this is your word, and it just excites me. God, never once in my life, when I was a child or a teenager, did I think that I would want to be under your rule. I thought, God, that's just, that's just horrible that you're, you're, you're a God that can be angered, and you can be full of wrath, and you can take your wrath out on people, and I just didn't understand it, God. But then Trish Dunwoody... She shared with me what that's really all about. And she shared with me that it was because you loved your creation so much that there was only one way. And that way is your way. Because of all that was put at stake for our lives. And God, this morning, we have to follow you. God, this morning, we beg of you to show us and guide us what you have for us next. I ask you to bless the reading of your word. Penetrate it into our hearts this morning, God, and don't let my words be heard, but let your word resonate and be heard and let your Holy Spirit do the work that humans cannot do. Change us, Father. Mold us and make us into what you want us to be for your kingdom. And I pray it all in Jesus' name and all of God's people said. You know, in the church today, in, in, seriously, in the church today, it's, it's really, 
it's, it's really become this a la carte thing. It's really become a place of, well, you know, I kind of like this. I kind of like that. I, I really don't care for this over here. And, um, you know, I, I, I like it when so-and-so speaks or, you know, I really don't like this other person, you know, and I, I, I like this ministry, but I just really don't care about that ministry over. And we've made the church this a la carte item to where we can just kind of pick a menu. Well, isn't that where we're at in, in, in our world? I mean, listen, uh, I can go down to that um, Panda Express and my wife and I, we can a la carte all day long because I like that place. I a la carte, I'll have one of those. I don't need none of that over there. Give me some of that right there. And we go over to our table and we're just like, pray, come on, it's going to be good. And that's one thing we both like to eat. We both sit there and she always says, why don't we just get one plate? I'm like, why? Well, it's just, you know, it's more economical like that. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I said, but I like to eat. And so she, she'll pull her portion over and she's like, she likes to eat. She does. And um, so she'll take, she'll, we'll both stab for the same piece of pork. Or not, not pork, she don't eat pork. So I can get all the pork I want. I've just had an epiphany. I need to start ordering pork. And so she'll stab for the same piece of chicken. I'll be like, oh, what what kind of restaurant we're in. Well, make me use these. That's my chicken. <laughs> and we, you know, why do we do this? Because we a la carte and we both, we both like it and we both come in agreement with what we like. So that's where we're going to hang. That's where we're going to go. That's what we're going to do. But that is not a picture of what God has set aside for us for this walk in Christ. It's not an a la carte life. As a matter of fact, it's that, um, it's that castor oil moment sometimes that we really have to endure and that we have to walk through because God says there's things that I have to do in your life that you're not going to like. You're not going to like it at all. So take it all the way back to that moment, back in the Old Testament. And let me just clarify one thing for you today. If those of you that are into this New Testament theology and not the Old Testament, the Old Testament is in full effect. Remember that? The Old Testament from Genesis all the way through to Revelation, we are in full effect. And without the Old Testament, we wouldn't understand the New Testament. So we're going to go back and get a little bit of history of how things happen. Moses has taken the Israelites to this place. And they're about to receive from God the Ten Commandments. And Moses goes up on this mount, Mount Sinai. He goes up on this mountain, and it's with fury. And God says, don't anybody touch the mountain. Don't even let an animal touch the mountain, or I will strike it dead. God is penning to the stone the Ten Commandments. And Moses takes this trek up this mountain. And while he's doing this, he's probably, he's got to be dealing with rain. He's got to be dealing with snow, the wind, all of the effects of everything, and probably even hunger and being destitute. And he's making all this sacrifice and all this pain because he couldn't a la carte himself a path to get there, to get these, to get these tablets that he was going to bring back to the people. And so while he's doing this, something's happening on the ground. There's this group of people that are sitting around going, man, I wonder where he's at. I wonder when he's coming back. You know, he may not come back. You know, the elements up there are really grueling. It's really bad. Maybe this was just a trick. Maybe he's just not coming back. And so they come up with their own plan. They come up with a plan, and what they do is they start to take all of their gold and all of their precious metals, and they pull them together, and they start melting them down, and they a la carte themselves a god. They do. It's called a calf, a golden calf. They a la carte it. You know what that means? They selected it. They decided, 
hey, we got to worship something. Let's make a hmm. Calf. That's what we'll use. Calf. Why not a lamb? Don't want a lamb. We want a calf. I don't know why a calf. They wanted a calf. I don't know why she won't eat pork. I will. See, it's all a cart. They all a carted a calf. And you know what happened from there? All kabuki broke loose. All kabuki broke loose. For some of you, interpreting Greek, that means you know what I mean. All kabuki breaks loose. And it's bad. Oh, it's bad. It's so bad. It's so bad that when Moses comes down off the mountain, he's like, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? What are you... What have you been doing? And, you know, I can only imagine for a moment when we just come to our wits, when we get before God and we have that aha moment, that moment where you just look at yourself in the mirror and go, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? Why have you been acting like that? Where has your head been? Why have you been doing that? I can only imagine that God's going, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 go with that. Because here's the deal, folks. Listen, there's this thought process that's in the Christian world that says that, hey, listen, I gave my life to Jesus Christ a long time ago, but right now, me and God are kind of, yeah, we're a little bit, we're just, I'm not, I'm just not where I should be. You understand? Oh, yes, I do. I understand exactly where you're at. I've been there. I've been there. I've walked away from God. I've spent my time over here in my land, in my place. But eventually, I came back. Well, I got news for you. That's not the whole story. Here's how the story will go. If you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will not be able to get away from him. You will not be able to put him on a back burner and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go over here and sow the wild oats for a while. When I get back, me and God are going to be tight. No, it doesn't work that way. You, you... In essence, after God warns you and says, no, no, nada, don't do it, don't go there. Hold on a minute. Does the scripture not say that when we give our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father God holds us in his hand and nothing can pluck us out, not even you and your attitude Not even you and your sin. Not even you and your disregard for his word. Not even you and your determination to do what I want to do today. Bump what God wants. Not even you. And so ensues a battle, a war, if you will. The moment that you look at God and say, hey, yo, God, sit back there for a little while. God says, not going to do it. That's not going to happen. And all too often, all too often in today's world, in today's culture, and in today's society, which, 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 by the way, folks, there's never been a better time to be alive as a believer. There really hasn't. But for some, it may be that you're getting very afraid. For some, it may be very tempting to say, you know, is is all this really real? Because times are getting hard. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but times are getting tough. And, you know, the stuff that I see on the TV, it gets me excited. I'm serious. It gets me so excited. A lot of people are going, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Oh, my gosh, what happens? Shut down. Shut down. What are we going to do? Folks, it's coming. This is just rapture practice. We're just getting ready. He's just testing us. He's saying, are you with me? 
Are you really mine? Are you really in it for the long haul? Because I'm coming back. And when I come back, you've got to be ready. You see, he's got to find us, not catch us. God's got to find us. What is he going to find? He's going to find us doing his work and doing his will. No matter what, even if we're living out in a tent, got a great place for a tent. I know where I can get one right now. But he can't catch us. Because usually catch means something negative. And it means I caught you again, didn't I? You see, God needs to find us doing his work and doing his will. But we can't do it if we're not following his scriptures. Man, I clap my hands so I feel like the Hulk. Y'all ever seen that movie, The Hulk, where he just claps his hand and he puts out a fire? I just turned a page of my Bible with one clap. It's coming. Y'all watch out. It's coming. I'm going to have a good time this morning. (laughs) There's no way to get around. There's absolutely no way for us as a church to get around. If we're going to go, whether it's here or it's another place, there's no way to get around God's process and get around God's plan. There's no way for us to a la carte our lives to make it the way that we want it to be so we can have our cake and eat it too. You can't do both. It's either God or you. It's either God or it's you. He says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. You know, there's no other way to say it, but here's how we apply it. Here's what the New Testament church is doing in these days. In these current days, here's what we're doing. We're re naming what holiness is. We are. We're renaming. I can do this, 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 and this, and God's okay with that. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not okay with you a la carte in your life and telling people that. And listen, you become a false witness. This is why the scripture says that if you're not at peace with everyone, working at living a holy life, you're not holy if you're making up lies about God. If you're a la carte and telling people, I live the way that I want to live and God's okay with that, you're lying and you're not holy. What are you if you tell a lie? You're a liar. What are you if you steal something? You're a thief. Just call ourselves what we are and then call ourselves back to a life that's filled with holy living. There is no other way. And here's the sad part about the whole thing. We are all going to face a judgment. We're all going to face it. I'm going to face a judgment. And I've had Jesus on board since I was seven. I'm going to face a judgment. And I had the goal once upon a time in my life to say that me and God just ain't real close right now. Me and God are just kind of doing our own thing right now. But he loves me, and he'll be right there when I come back. That's a lie from the pit of hell. He was right there all along, and he loves me, but he wasn't willing for me to stay on the path that I was on, and he made my life a wreck until I turned around and gave it back to him. That's the only way he works, because there's so much at stake. There's so much at stake. We've been called to living holy lives, not so we can walk around in a suit and tie and go, I'm bigger, better, and better than you, Cameron. I'm more holy than you. It's not about that. It's about winning another person to Christ so they see Jesus in you, in everything you think, you say, and you do. And so Paul goes on to say this, 
Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Hey, I want to put it, I want to do it so bad, but the, the guys won't let me. I brought it up since the very beginning. I want to come up with this thing like a, a website. It says, if you see me sinning.com. Isn't that cool? Wouldn't that be cool? My phone would be ringing off the hook because I'm a horrible driver. My phone would have rang about 12 times yesterday. If you see me sinning.com, wouldn't that be cool? www.ifyouseemesinning.com. Call 904-557-3379 to register your complaint, and you will get a live person. Wouldn't that be cool? If you actually ask somebody, call me out when you see me doing wrong. Call me out when you see me sinning. My wife was like, honey, we... I don't think we should do that. I was like, why? She says, honey, we don't have enough minutes on the phone plan. They'll burn you up. They will burn you, B-U-R-N-U up. They'll burn you up. But wouldn't it be a neat concept if we could just wrap our mind around that? Wouldn't it? If we could just walk so holy with God in such a plan that he devised for us to be his church, to be his light, to be what people see and say, I want that. I want that. I want that Jesus. The way that you handle certain things, I want that. And if you could make a phone call to me and you could say, Pastor Greg, did I see you at so-and-so umpty squat doing this or doing that? I would want to be able to say yes. But it's the attitude of what I'm talking about. It's the reception of someone calling us out in an unholy act and saying, God's got something more for us. Come on. Let's get it, Kevin. Come on. Boom. Come on, Greg. Let's get it. Boom. And I'm patting him on the heel, okay? I'm patting him on the heel right here. Listen, it's, it's called to holy living. Why? Go to the end of the chapter. Scoot to the end of the chapter if you have your Bible. Be careful. Be careful in verse number 25. Be careful that you do not... Refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. Be careful, for if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. You see, listen, without the website in place, God's doing that. He's dialing you up. He dials me up. He dialed me up yesterday. He sure did. He dialed me up. I put my hand in that cake, and I knew she's going to be mad, and I started defending myself. And I started, well, you're the one with the problem. You're the one that you shouldn't have yelled at me. Immediately, that could have turned into a four-alarm fire. But instead, I said, oh, I'm walking away. I just decided I'm going to walk away. I'm going to walk away. It was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going, uh-uh, you put your hand in the cake, homeboy. You stuck your hand in the cake. It's your fault. And so I walked up and I went, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry I stuck my hand in the cake. She goes, it's okay. I can fix it. I was like, I love you. I was like, will you marry me again? Will you? Will you? Don't you want that? Look at, just look at me, church. Don't you want to be that holy person that God called you to be because of what's at stake? 
because of who you're going to run into this week, because of who you're going to influence this week, you have the power of God in you for someone to experience life change because of how you react to situations and how you live your life and how you present yourself. It's this, it's just this holy gift that God has given us as the church. He's given it to us and he says, take it, receive it, live it. It doesn't get any better than this. This is why I created you. This is why I created you. And so he comes back and he talks about when God spoke in verse number 26, from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now, 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 listen to me, church, as I get ready to close out. But now, (laughs) this is where it gets really good. But now, when God says, but now, it's fixing to get good. He says, but now he makes another promise. And it's in italics and it's quoted. Once again, these are God's words. I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means, verse 27, that all creation will be shaken and removed. Shaken and removed. So that only unshakable things will remain. Now listen to me, church. If we continue in sin as new believers in Christ, that's shakeable. Do you understand the scripture? That's shakeable. It'll be removed. We can't walk in and out of our salvation. We can't walk in and out of obedience, back out whenever we feel it. We've got to keep striving toward it. We've got to keep striving in it. We've got to keep walking it out. Why? It's God's plan. He's not blessing anything else. Well, Greg, you know, I know how you are. I know how you are. I'm going to let you off this time. Here's the problem. We live in a culture where we're trying to get the Bible to line up with us. But God says, "Mm -mm. my Bible, you need to line up with it. I'm going to say that again. We live in a day and age in a culture that is so much trying to find a way to get this word to line up with what we're going through and what we're doing to justify us. But that's not truth. The truth is that this word is our guidance and it's our direction and we're to line up with it. And for a culture and for a society that's getting further and further away from God, you can imagine how much is going to be shaken. But when we follow this, we're more unshakable than ever. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, heaven is unshakable. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for you and I on that cross of Calvary, it's unshakable. It's rock solid. It's even covered in gold. Let us be thankful and let us please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Well, that can sound a little bit confusing, so let me take you back to where that originated. That originates in Deuteronomy chapter 4. And here's what chapter 4 says, verse number 24. The Lord your God is a devouring fire. 
He is a jealous God. He's a jealous God, and He won't compete with sin. He won't compete with your lifestyle. He won't compete with what you want versus what He wants. He will make it all come to fruition. And so here's the question. Will we move forward with God and become that unshakable entity for Him? Or will we be easily shaken and be sifted through and get dropped off of the plan? Well, God loves you so much that He's not willing for that to happen. And what Christ did on that cross of Calvary finished it all. And so you really don't have a choice here. <laughs> Listen to me, church. I want the worship team to come. And I just want you to think about this. You and I really don't have a choice in the matter. If you live and love Jesus Christ and he has come inside of you and you've asked him for forgiveness and the blood has been applied to your life, you don't have a choice to become that shaken thing. You will remain unshakable, but it's what will God have to do in your life to keep you unshakable. He will fight you to the very end to keep you holy and righteous. And he won't get off your back. And he won't sit on the back porch. And he won't sit on the back burner. He will fight you for truth and holiness all the way to the end. So, bow your heads for a moment. Listen to me, believer. Nobody looking around. Just, just hear me. We've got a long way to go. We've got a long way to go. We don't know where and how God's going to get us there, but we know we've got a long way to go. And that's already been proven by the, how God is growing this church. But how is he growing you as an individual? Listen to me. You need to understand this. That miserable thing that you're going through right now, believer, that miserable, horrible feeling you keep having inside of your gut, that's God. And he's saying, line up with me, child. Line up with me. He loves you so much. You say, a God that loves me so much would allow me to feel miserable? You doggone skippy, he would. If that's what it takes to get your attention, to get you back on track with him, he sure will. Because he loves you that much. Why? Because he will not let you slip through his hand. He holds you in the palm of his hand and nothing can remove you. You know that thing that you've been toying back and forth with? You know that lifestyle that's kind of been plaguing you a little bit? And you know how you feel horrible about it all the time? Give it over to him today. Just give it over to him today. Just right now, just say, God, I understand your message. <laughs> your word has been absolutely clear. Just give it to him today. Just let him have it. Just surrender it right now. You say, well, I'll start that process and I'll give it up slowly. Well, you, you can't give it up slowly. Just give it up, cold turkey. Just give it up right now. You know, maybe you're fearful. Maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're afraid of giving everything you have to God, which means your life. Give him your life. Just give him your life today. Just surrender today. Say, no, I don't want to. I want to keep control. Well, you're going to be miserable until you surrender. Surrender it all to him. Surrender it all to him. Right now, right now, surrender it all to him. Thank you for listening to this message. If you would like to connect with Restoration Church, you can do so by visiting our Facebook page, Restoration Camden, or also our church website, www.restorationcamden.com. There you will find all of our contact information, including current ministries, sermons and teachings, serving opportunities, upcoming events and outreaches. If you would like to get in touch with our pastors concerning a prayer request or a special need you'd like us to attend to, please feel free to do so. Also, please feel free to share this sermon. We just ask that you do not alter the content in any way. God bless you and thank you for listening.